Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job so that you can find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology takes over. It officially matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Here we go. We are mid-championship, mid-major championship, and I'm not talking about Butler basketball. I'm talking about two rounds done, two rounds to go at Royal Burkdale at the 146th Open Championships. Uh, Kyle Porter on the line, as this is the first cut with Kyle Porter. Kyle, we were just saying off the air, like in terms of what you would want out of a major uh, the developments that we had at Royal Burkdale on Friday have set us up for a pretty stellar weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It, it, it's continuing in that. And, and I feel a, a little bit spoiled in, in that the last it, it feels like the last three or four years of majors chip have been stars and superstars, whether they've they've won or not. They've at least been at or near the lead after 36 after 54 holes and, and even late on Sunday and uh, you know what, what we've seen unfold at, at Bergdale which I know we'll talk about the course in a minute but it's just it's awesome it's an awesome course um, is uh, is Jordan Spieth leading leading a major championship once again I, I think uh, you have to check me I think Justin Ray said it's like his 12th or 13th time uh, to lead uh, after a, a round or, or lead a major after uh, 12 or 13th round uh, to lead a, a major championship. And that's it's the most, just, it, right? Like, and it's like uh, by far the most, right? Yeah, it's the most in like the last three or four years. It's just unbelievably impressive. And, you know, this is his formula. This is this is this is the Tiger formula of you go out hard early and then you protect late. This is what he likes to do. This is how he won the Masters in 15 how he should have won it in 16. Uh, and then he also had the 36-hole lead at Chambers Bay in, in 2015 when he won the U.S. Open. So this is his this is his formula, and he's good enough to do it. And uh, we're, it's going to be fun on the weekend, though, because we got some really fun guys that are going to try to run him down. Let's start right there with Jordan, because I think there was a stat that you dropped in the live blog, and, uh, and I'm sure everyone's been following along with our hours upon hours of live blog coverage at CBSSports.com. Yes. Uh, and I think it might have been a Justin Ray stat, because Justin Ray is just simply the best. Uh, stat God. It was that his, statistically in Open Championships, Jordan Spieth, like a much higher, like low average Thursday high average score Friday, right? Am I am I yeah. off on that? Like it was maybe like set like 60 some in Thursdays and then up in the 70s on Fridays? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That actually wasn't a Justin Ray stat, but Ooh. you know, I, I was I was so impressed with what he did. I mean, he could, and and he said this in his he, he didn't play to his 69. Like 69 was better than how he played. Yes. And and if you watched him, he he just he didn't he didn't hit it that well. And and he was I mean he had that necked three wood on fifteen that was just disgusting. I mean it was just gross. And he gets away <laughs> with it and and makes eagle. It was reminiscent of Rory on ten at Valhalla in two thousand fourteen when he gets away with one and and makes eagle and goes on to win the PGA Championship. So you got to get those breaks to win majors. But the reality of it is, you know if. Uh, Just Luton or 
you know, Ross Fisher are getting breaks, it doesn't matter because they're not in a position to, to capitalize on them. Yeah. And Spieth is, you know, Spieth, Spieth steals and he capitalizes at, by winning major championships. And it's because he's the best ball striker in the world right now. And I know people are all just up in arms about that on Twitter. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a good putter. He's not putted that great this year, but he's won twice and contended at two majors out of three now because he's the best ball striker in the world. It's statistically true. Uh, it's, you know, uh, viscerally true. He's just, he's been, I mean, just think about all the shots he's hit this week through 36 holes that have been eight feet, 10 feet, 12 feet from the hole. You give a guy, you give any professional enough 12 foot putts, they're going to, they're going to make a ton of birdies, which is what he's done so far. And also as impressive, and this is another thing he said in the uh, the post-round interview, was like the par saves, just rolling in like just huge putts. And then the chip in on 10 was ridiculous. Uh, well, that, that, that's what, and that's what he does. Like that, that elevates him. Like he's, he's great because he's a great ball striker, but he, he is elevated to that sort of, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to call him a legend because he's only got 10 wins, but sort of that next level of greatness because he chips in for par because he, you know, necks a three wood and makes an, makes an eagle out of it. So th- those are the things that it, that make his major championships fun and make him as a player, I think really special. The uh, it's, it is not, um, it is not going to like, you don't, you can't, you, you can say legend, but I think that you even said the, it's just a once in a generation type player, or at least maybe twice or three times in a generation. But it it is someone who we are talking about uh, confidently based on what we have seen and what he has already done in terms of success, being one of the all time greats uh, just by what he's done. Now, how about your boy, Brandel Chambly, who I think is going into the post round stuff with some tiger comps right now. Uh, is he going to have to – is everyone just going to have to battle that from this crew? And we're going to get to Rory in a second because Rory just had uh, – you know, outside of Zach Johnson's 66, Rory's 68, especially given everything uh, that went on yesterday. I would say Rory's 68 is probably the round of the day. But are, are we just going to have to – like every time one of these superstars, one of these top four or five players in the world plays well in a major, is it, is it just immediately going to go to the, uh, the Tiger conversation? Yeah, I think so, and and I'm okay with it as long as you're using Tiger as sort of the the measuring stick for these guys. So everybody is familiar with, like I I don't I don't like it when when guys get um, just straight up compared to Tiger. Well, Tiger did this, and it, okay, yeah, I get it. Like Tiger's the best ever, but as a measuring stick for like, hey, look how good this guy is. He's close to, or even in some instances, better than. Tiger Woods. I'm I'm fine with that. I think he's I think Tiger is the ultimate measuring stick for these next few generations. And with Jordan Spieth, I mean, somebody somebody tweeted this. I can't remember who, probably probably Justin Ray again, but you know, looking to become just the second guy ever to complete three legs of the Grand Slam before turning age 24 and Tiger is not the other one. It's Jack Nicklaus. And wow. I I mean, it, it it's just people forget I think that Spieth he's it feels like he's been around for 10 years but he really hasn't and he's still so young and so good and you know he wins Birddale this week he's he's going for the career slam at Quail Hollow in August which is insane that's an insane thing to be doing he turns 24 I think next week but 
even at that age, that's just a, it's a crazy thing to think about. And, you know, if he does that, we'll get three guys consecutively going for your, for career slams, Spieth at uh, Quail Hollow, Rory at the Masters, and then Phil next year, uh, barring any uh, graduations at the U.S. Open. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's let's people forget Jordan Spieth's twenty three, and people forget the Warriors blew a three one lead. All right, let's exactly. go to uh, Rory McIlroy. He is he goes out birdies three of his first six holes yesterday. Uh, Thursday it was the back nine was where the scores were. And then McElroy said it in his post-round press conference. Uh, you could get it out there on the first nine on Friday with the way some of the, the wind was blowing and the way the wind was blowing paired with some of the pin placements. And he just he went out there and he, he got after it. And then he managed things. Uh, the wind picked up a little bit on the second nine. Uh, he was very happy with this round. He finishes with a 68. He is now sitting T6. He is five strokes off the lead. But, man, just having him up there having him seeming like his demeanor was good his confidence was great you were up uh you were up before i was so you got to see more of it uh what's our takeaway from what is the best rory mcelroy performance that we've seen probably since he went 64 in that uh sunday round probably a month ago yeah i mean it it was uh You know, Brendan Porras said this on Twitter, but when 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 Rory's riding a heater, there's there's nothing like it. Like it's just so good, and he's so much fun. He's so locked in, and you know, he he, it was interesting to kind of juxtapose his round with the guys that he was playing with, Dustin Johnson and Charles Schwartzel, who were a little bit all over the yard and in the on the front nine, and Rory's just hitting these power fades to like eight feet, and he, I mean. He, he made three birdies in his first six holes. He really had five great looks at birdies, like eight footers, 10 footers, 12 footers that, that could have gone in. And it's just, it's crazy to look at his two scorecards, 39 out in 39 on Thursday, out in 31. So eight strokes better on Friday. And then, you know, and I wrote this, but to me, the most impressive part of his round were the first three holes on the bag nine. He hit at two, like 15 to 20 foot, uh, par putts to, to kind of save it. Um, it, it could have gotten away from him a little bit, but we haven't seen that kind of grind out of Rory in a, in a major, in an open like atmosphere in, in a while. And, you know, it, it, all that being said, he goes out and, and bogeys what was the, the easiest uh, of the two par fives on the bat nine uh, on 15. He makes a six there. Uh, Jordan Spieth makes a three and, and there's, there's your, you know, if you if you flip those, then all of a sudden Rory's probably the favorite, you know, and it, it, and so that that part's crazy to think about. But it was actually interesting because he had the tougher. I didn't think this was going to be the case, but he ended up having the tougher of the of the draws on Friday. The the morning because of the wind was a little bit harder than the afternoon, and uh, he was just. I mean, he was lights out, uh, especially over the first nine holes and. I tell you what, Chip. We are uh, four guys in between uh, a Rory Spieth showdown on Sunday for the Claire Jug. How good would that be? How, how badly do you want that to happen? So badly. That was my uh, <laughs> like, like one of uh, one of one of my duties in our uh, in our major championship hustle here is to just write a little intro and break down the leaderboard. And that was that was my lead in was. You know, it's been nice to have all these first time major winners, but as a golf fan, like, give me 
the heavyweights going for it on Sunday. You know, like I just, I'm it's and like, it's been career defining. Like it's been incredible to watch, you know, Henrik Stenson finally get it done, especially the way he did uh, against Phil Mickelson. It's been awesome. Like Dustin Johnson was able to have that great breakthrough, like all these, first-time winners that we've had over the last couple years are great, but it's like, nah, baby, I want to live in 2014, 2015 again. Like, bring me bring me back those superstars. Let's, let's get them together in the final group. Um, you've said before about Rory McIlroy, if he is an average putter, he should go out there and win. Uh, 24 putts today. Yeah, 24 putts uh, on... What did he have on Thursday? He had 30 on Thursday. So... I mean, yeah, you know, he, he's he's hitting the ball. I, I really thought on Friday that he had – he goes off the first tee, hits a 372-yard three-wood. It's like, what, what are we even doing here? That, <laughs> by the way, that feels like it was like six days ago. It was only like 12 hours ago. But um, he hit a lot of wedges and like seven, eight, nine irons to a, a lot closer – place you know a, a lot closer in proximity to the hole than he's been hitting them and he just looked he just looked more comfortable he had that you, you can obviously tell like when his rounds are going well he is just just swaggering all over the course and you know he was winking at, at his cat at, at uh, jp fitzgerald his cat i mean it, it was um you, you can just tell like you can his, his body language i think is more telling maybe than than anybody in the sport and he just had it going. And can he keep it up? I don't know. It feels a little like the Deutsche Bank last year when he goes out and plays the first three holes of his of his uh, first round in four over. And then he goes on to win the golf tournament because he plays the next, uh, you know, 68 and like 16 under. So I don't know if that's going to happen. He's going to – I mean, to, to run down Spieth over the final 36 when you're five down is a, is a monumental task, especially on a tough course like Burtdale. But – I don't know. He goes out in 30, 31 uh, on on Saturday, and all of a sudden we got ourselves a golf tournament. Let's go ahead. Before we get to the course, um, do you like what? Do you envision a chance that we'll, he'll be able to chase beat down? I think so. I mean, just the way he played the front nine on on Friday. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I, I wrote this too, but you you can always tell on the first like two holes with Rory like how it's going to go. Um, and so he goes birdie on one, hits it close on two, barely misses a birdie there. And you're like, Oh, Oh baby, you know, we could be looking at something special here. And, and, and it was, you know, 68 doesn't sound great, but when you compare it to the field average at the time, which I think was around 75 for that, for that really early group. Um, I mean, it finished at 74.03. Like there was still six strokes better than the average. Yeah. So that, that part was, uh, it's pretty impressive. So yeah, I mean, you always hope that you get like, you know, whether whether it's Kepka Spieth or Kepka Rory or Spieth Rory, like you you want that, right? Like you want Spieth to maybe fade a little just just to set up something special on Sunday like we got last year with with Stenson and Mickelson. Are you hiring because 
You know, maybe you're out here, maybe you're watching the Open Championship, and maybe that you are being nagged by the fact that you're having to juggle all these emails and all these phone calls as you are trying uh, to piece together what's going to be your next winning team. Well, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. See, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. You don't have to worry about juggling emails or calls to your office. You can simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. In fact, over 80% of ZipRecruiter jobs get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Think about it. In fact, don't think about it. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, the First Cut podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. All right, Royal Burkdale. We did not get to, I felt like, uh, obviously Thursday, not very British Open, Open Championship-like conditions. Um, We saw some lower scores because of it. On Friday, we got them, but it was wild because we got it in waves. And it felt like even the players who got, you mentioned it, the early players had to deal with a lot of wind. We finally got some heavy rain, even to the point where they had to stop play for a second uh, to squeegee off the greens. But uh, it felt like they were almost, uh, you know, playing. Do you remember the game you played as a kid, Red Light, Green Light? Did you ever play that? Yeah, it it was like when things were clear, Players were taking shots, and you, they felt a lot more confident. And then when things were at their nastiest, that was when you would just kind of manage whatever hole you were on, and you could just wait until it cleared up. Um, the weather, the course, all that so far, what have been the big takeaways for you? Well, the, the biggest takeaway for me is just that you, we thought coming in that if you if you didn't hit fairways, you're going to have trouble scoring. And the reality has, has not been that so Jordan Spieth hit 10 fairways out of 28 that's that's not good that is not (laughs) that's that's terrible but he's he's not missing he there's a difference between and and this is what's cool about open golf is that there's a difference between missing into the gorse like where we saw Sergio almost dislocate his shoulder and missing you know 10 feet off of the the short kind of fairway area oh yeah if you, I, I feel like i've ha- i i have enjoyed in the process of covering golf like diving into the different options for statistics and trying to use it to help it enhance uh the coverage that we provide and this is a championship and this is a course where i've definitely put less into the statistics of uh the fairways hit just knowing how many missed fairways aren't actually that penalizing yeah and and that but you have to watch it to to realize that right, right. Like you you can't just go to the stats and be like good grief how is Jordan Spieth winning when he's only hit ten and and then you watch and you're like oh well he was like five feet off the fairway and he had an elevated lie and there's nothing around his ball like that's it's kind of the same thing as hitting a fairway but. I, that, that's been a little bit surprising for me. I thought I thought the course would would kind of kind of penalize you more. I, I just feel like the course is producing basically the fairest type of of test that that you can have at a major championship. Like 
I love where the scores are at. I love that there's guys that are uh, playing well and, and being rewarded for it. It just feels like, and, and this, this was sort of the narrative at, at Aaron Hills is that guys are saying, I hope, I hope the tournament goes back here because this course can be a lot harder and, and fairer, uh, even though it's hard. So golfers, professional golfers, they, they don't dislike hard courses they just want them to be fair and and that's what this course has been i mean the early late and late early draws were basically the same scoring average so there wasn't anything unfair about that and i i just feel like i don't know the the way that you can you know run your ball on the ground and this is the this is true of all links courses but it just birdell is just set up so often Awesome, and the finishing holes you can you can make eagle or you can make bogey or double or war. I mean, it's just it, it's it's such a cool uh, test for this tournament. I, I just think it's been f- just spectacular. Behind Jordan Spieth, uh, we've got Matt Kuchar and Ian Poulter and the U.S. Open champion Brooks Kepka. Uh, let's start with Poulter because you wrote about him in Nine Thoughts. This is the fan favorite, right? On the course, uh, on the course. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe Rory is up there just just because it's a, you it's know, it's a global it's kind of a, superstar type thing. Yeah, it's a United Kingdom. Maybe Richard Bland. Who knows? But no, I, I think that I mean, Poulter is obviously a, a very polarizing figure that Americans love to hate. And the, the folks in the UK just want to to win one you know and you know what what i wrote is just that it's it kind of like bubba watson in the united states like it's always good when when polter's involved always no matter what even if no matter if you hate him or you love him he is he he gets you going he gets you feeling emotions one way or the other and so no matter how you feel about him, I, I just feel like it's great that he's involved in this tournament. And how impressive, you know, ten a full decade after he finishes second to Patrick Harrington in 2008, he's in the mix once again, and he, he's playing really steady, really good golf. I, I hope that he's there at the end on Sunday. His par train today was awesome. Yeah, it was he, like he came out there, and uh, you know, he knew where he was at three under par after going out there and with a, a really awesome round 67 on thursday and just kind of felt like he was just playing the course and you know he was just riding it and i sort of was keeping up with him especially being the leader you're always like checking in hole after hole you're trying to find him trying to figure out where he's at just steady as a rock you know 16 pars one birdie one bogey even par and only two bogeys through his first 36 uh, 36 holes which is almost impossible to do so did you see his up and down on 18 by the way uh-uh he he had a he had a wedge that, with no green i only saw the putt i didn't see the uh the wedge before it he, he had a little just a, it was over a bunker with no green to work with and he just he just rolled it right up there to like two feet but and he's it, so sick around the green yeah, it's just in he, general he, right he's been he's been awesome and just so fun because you know he, he's such a personality he gets I mean, he was just fist pumping so hard on Thursday morning. Like he's going, he went out in 32 and he's just throwing haymakers and you're like, geez, like we've got, you know, 60 holes to go in this tournament. <laughs> so, uh, but that's, that's fun. Like that makes the whole experience of it a, a, a lot of fun. What about, uh, Matt Kuchar who really fought today? Um, you know, drops to 65 tied for the lead 71 today. Uh, on Friday and 
just you know his his did you catch him dropping one of the rare swear words out of Matt Kuchar's mouth? Oh yeah, that was first thing I saw when I woke up. It was he he didn't hit it well at all. I didn't feel like I I didn't see his entire round, but the the shots that I saw it was like wow, this is you know because he's usually short and straight and just kind of you know hitting fairways and greens and he was kind of all over the place. So you're right, like I I, I felt like he really held it together kind of well on Friday to, to and to get into that final group with Spieth. You know, Matt Kuchar's played really good links golf in the last few years. He he finished, I believe, top five or top ten at the at the Scottish Open last week. Uh, he almost won the Scottish Open a couple of years ago when Ricky Fowler won. I think Fowler beat him by a stroke. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there until the end on Sunday. I think I'd be a little bit surprised if he actually won it just because of the kind of the star power that's that's involved at the top. Is Matt Kuchar, I mean, 39 years old, is Matt Kuchar someone who's going to get shaken by the star power? Or are you just saying he's just going to get outgunned if, if like things get tight on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I think he, he won't get he won't get nervous or shaken, I don't think, but you know, let's say him and Rory are tied coming coming home on Sunday, and who are you Rory's, putting your money on? Yeah, Rory's got yeah. fifteen and seventeen, the par fives, and and Kuchar's trying to roll with him, and it's like, I mean, he might, like, you know, Kuchar could make birdie birdie, but you know, that's not a that's not a great. Uh, I don't I don't like Kuchar's odds in that fight. No, not at all. All right, what about what do we think about Brooks Kepka? Because. Uh, the last two competitive round prior to Friday, the last two competitive rounds that uh, we had seen Kepkin, I feel like the final round at Aaron Hills and the Thursday at Royal Burkdale, Brooks Kepka was putting the ball well. He was really, uh, you know, locked in, dropping birdie putts. Then things went the other way. Law of averages set in. Uh, not as strong on Friday. He's there, you know, he was, he's got a 72. He faced some of the worst weather, in my opinion, of the day. He didn't have the heavy winds of the early morning, but uh, he was certainly not having fun out in the elements on Friday afternoon, Friday evening over there in Southport, England. But 16 pars, two bogeys on the card for him. Where are we at with Brooks? Because we haven't gotten to see him, you know, like where, where are we grading his game going into the weekend? Well, I th- I think he takes with him, you know, he spent two or three years on the European tour, the challenge tour with Peter Uline before he came over to the PGA tour. And I think what he, he learned there is just kind of how to grind stuff out. He he didn't play that. He didn't putt very well on uh, Friday. He had 31 putt. He actually hit more greens in regulation on Friday and was five uh, seven shots worse than he was on Thursday. He but, had 21 putts Thursday, 31 putts Friday. I, I think that I, I like him this week because if it's if it's windy and rainy, like he's just he's got the shots, you know. Like he's he's learned how to play in the in that type of weather, um, and he's just he, he's he's one of the best ball strikers, you know, along with Spieth and Rory at at the uh, at the top of the leaderboard there. So. I don't take too much away from him not putting very well on on Friday and 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 shooting two over. Uh, I think that he'll, I think he'll bounce back and be around sixty nine seventy on on Saturday. 
Why were we not talking about him more going into this? Because as soon as he started playing well on Thursday, I was beating myself up. Like, I feel like we didn't even really mention his name. I feel like he was not a popular pick. And like immediately, people were like, oh, yeah, don't forget. He uh, he went because we've even talked about, you know, he went the non-traditional route. He'd already, yeah. you know, had all this experience. How did the U.S. Open champion who had all of this European golf experience fly below the radar for so many people heading into Royal Burkdale. Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes he's looked at as sort of the uh, the prototype for like this uh, point and shoot type golf that's played in in America where um you know you you think about oh well they have to have perfect conditions and you know they hit they hit the ball really high and they've got to They've, they they got to be without wind, but the reality is that like he he's won in Turkey, he's won in I think Portugal, he's won all over the place in all types of of conditions, and uh, yeah, I mean you're right, like we you know and he, and he played really well at St Andrews a couple of years ago. I think he finished in the top five or ten uh, in 2015 when Zach Johnson won it. So I don't I don't think he's going to win this week just because I think it's so hard to go to, to, to double up on the opens to go U S and, and open championship back to back. But, uh, man, I don't know. I, I, his, his run in majors over the last two or three years has been pretty spectacular. And it, and it kind of makes me reevaluate sort of his career ceiling going forward. So we've got uh, Sergio at two over, Ricky Fowler at two over. Um, let's see, Dustin Johnson at three over. Is there anybody uh, that you could see making a push for Hideki's at even? Like, where do you start to draw the line for being able to to surprise and make a run and maybe even uh, join the the top five by the end of this championship? Yeah, I, I think I think probably the two overs that Ricky Sergio group maybe the, I don't know eight back of speed. Of, it, it all depends on what speed does. Now, if you're talking top five, top ten, you know that's a different story. You could include probably the three overs with DJ and and John Rom and and guys like that. But if you're talking about legitimately winning the thing, I don't even stuff, think two. Like I feel so confident with what I've seen from Spieth. I don't even know if yeah. two overs it, you know? I, I was going to say, you almost have to just look at the guys under par. Maybe the evens. You've got Rafael Cabrera-Bello. You've got Alex Noren. I really like Russell Henley. I feel like he's played awesome this week. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 all about the the front runner. And, and if Spieth, like if you erase Spieth and you just have Kuchar and, and Poulter at the top, then all of a sudden you can bring and 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 Kepka at the top. You can bring in the the evens and the one overs. But as it stands right now, it's hard for me to see somebody that's outside of the top nine, which is the one unders, two unders, three unders, four unders, and Spieth uh, winning winning this golf tournament. Is Spieth your pick right now? As we sit here on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I mean he's he's a closer. I mean he, five of the last six thirty six hole leads he's converted. Obviously the the infamous one in. In uh, 2016, at Augusta is the one he didn't. Somebody on Twitter said that uh, gritty Englishmen are are uh, are Spieth's kryptonite. So look out for Ian Poulter on the weekend. 
<laughs> look out for Richard Bland. Yeah, yeah look out for Dick Bland coming in hot on the weekend. <laughs> I like, uh, like, yeah, it's got to be Spieth. Right? It, Is that who you're taking? Oh yeah. I mean, I want it. I mean, if if not Spieth, then Rory. Like, I don't, I don't want anything else. After everything we've seen, after everything we've done, I want a big dog. I, you know, I and if I can get them going against each other, that's great. But I want a superstar who has major championships to win, especially, I mean, specifically just one of those two, because when both of them get it going, it's just too much fun, right? Yeah. And and here's the thing. We talked about this a little bit coming into the week. Bergdale pretty much exclusively crowns like big dogs, like big boys. You know, if you look at its history and, and this is where I think having a great course really comes into play. And this was my point going to, into Oakmont last year. You look at the Oakmont winners, they're just studs. I mean, you don't, you don't have any, like, like there are grown men who have wanted Oakmont, Ernie Els, uh, Johnny Miller, Nicholas one. I mean, just, just, just awesome golfers. And that's been true of Birddale too. You know, Peter Thompson, uh, Arnold Palmer, Tom Watson, again, Johnny Miller, and, and Spieth, you know, fits into that, and and so does Rory, obviously. So to get those two kind of all timers uh, running running after the Claret Jug on Sunday at at Birdale, whew, that Give would be uh, that'd be fun. Run, oh you know, kind of a, a redux of the uh, 2015 Masters third round when they were paired together in in the final group. Unbelievable! So much fun. All right. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, next time we record, we will be crowning our Open champion. Uh, we will be celebrating him, whoever he may be. Both of us think it's probably Jordan Speed, and uh, and hopefully the Kyle curse uh, that came on number twelve ain't going to be around. So <laughs> keep the Vince Carter gif in your back pocket until. Yeah. At least the I, 17th hold hole. <laughs> okay, so I, I pulled, I, I put it, I, I was dialing it up. I know. The, <laughs> on 16 today, and he just burns the edge on like a <laughs> four footer. And you're like, oh, I had it typed out. I was typing it out, and Speed just gags one. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep that on ice until at least late on Sunday. Yeah, at least late. All right. Uh, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm really excited about this, and make sure you tell your friends about this because we're just, we're just giving you the heat right now. <laughs> Talk soon, Chip. See, See you later. It.